Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 113. That's 113, guys. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. How are you guys doing? What's the happenings? What's going on? I am sitting here with a panza full of pasta and beer. <laughs> and I God, will pay for it later. Uh, those of you who have been listening, um, the last couple of episodes, I've mentioned my Whole30 uh, clean eating challenge. And I completely just ground it into the (laughs) into a fine fine paste yes because (laughs) um I've had a very stressful week and honestly it was a test and I failed uh because (laughs) part of whole 30 is to really get you to um to I think identify your triggers and your uh your your emotional triggers and I was just sharing earlier with Sarah and Jen that I don't generally eat my emotions. Like I'm not somebody who sits with a a carton of ice cream when I'm depressed or sad or whatever. Like I could do that on any day (laughs) just because (laughs) I know it's going to taste good. I don't have to be sad to do it, but Mm. this last week has really gotten to me and I completely failed. Um, I had been doing so well. I had finally gotten under 180 and this is my last week and I've done it. I I've, I've, drank beer and eaten pizza or something other than pizza that I should not be eating three times this week. And so um, the scale is going to show it uh, when I do my final weigh-in, I'm sure. But honestly, I'm not even sad about it. Like I was kind of beating myself up about it the not the first time, but the second time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and okay, so TMI, but the first time I didn't beat myself up about it because I had been doing so well that when mm. I ate the pizza and the beer, it gave me diarrhea and cleaned me <laughs> out so good. <laughs> and my, my panza fell so flat. <laughs> You're like, it went in and went right back out. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. So that's why I didn't think about it the first time. My body didn't absorb the carbs. It's okay. It expelled them real quick. And then the second time, it, that didn't happen. And I was a little bit like, oh, no, this is going to... I could feel like my muffin top was like... My muffin top on top of... Uh, was flowing over my uh, spandex shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and then today, I again, I, I came full circle. I'm like, you know what? I've had a rough week. And I know I shouldn't be using that as an excuse to make bad choices. But I'm just, I'll move on from here. And I will do better. <laughs> oh, well, what you had for dinner sounded delicious. Totally yeah. delicious. So... Yeah, I'm very hungry now as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, how's everything going, Jen? What about you? Um, I have an interview for the California Science Center uh, on Friday, 
uh, to work as a host there for uh, part time. Cool. Uh, so that's exciting. I have a. It's really funny, but like I've been going to the California Science Center since like forever. Like my parents, since it was a free uh, place to go to, my parents used to take me and my brother there when we were like super little. So like we have pictures of us. Like I'm like two or three years old, and I'm in the California Science Center. Like of course I don't remember that, but I do know that I've been going to the California Science Center like for a long time. And so I like I would always like when I would go in and I would see the people like welcoming us and stuff like that. And like, there's a lot of school field trips, like mm-hmm. right there. I like, like, I don't mind being that, uh, working, like working for that. Uh, so, uh, it's just a temp, it's just a temp seasonal job. I think that they're just trying to like gouge to like, see if like to open up like the, the science center yeah. back again and stuff like that uh and I'm and I was just like hey I'm not going to be able to do full-time because one I'm in school and two I'm not going to be I'm probably going to be here till August before I move to San Jose um, um but I'm actually I'm kind of excited to uh for the interview and I hope they hire me because I really like the California Science Center so that's cool. that's, that's kind of what's going on with me right now it's I'm actually, I'm not even in my pajamas right now. I actually dress like a decent human being. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, for me, I finally was able to take three days off. I took Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and went off to Springville, California, which is in uh, north of here, so central California. And uh, we drove, what, four hours to get there. And when we got there, we decided to eat at this place. And it looked really nice, really rustic. You know, they used the wood from you know, their backyard to build like fences and stuff. So it looks all rustic and beautiful. So I walk in there and we walk in there with our masks and we are greeted by a whole room of people eating and the servers and everything without wearing any masks at all. And I felt like I was in the twilight zone and I fucking freaked out. I started sweating and I, and I was just trying to keep my composure. And I was, they were like uh, table for two. And I said, well, actually, can we order to take, to take order takeout? And they're like, sure, here's the menu. And, I just wanted to read it outside. (laughs) So um, I, you know, immediately was like, okay, I'm just going to take the cheeseburger because I don't want to read anymore. And my husband's like, well, I'll just have the prime rib. That's uh, the special today. So we we ordered that and then we went outside and then people were just um, giving us those looks like, oh, Mm -hmm. I can't believe you're wearing a mask. Yeah. I can't believe you believe that, you know, like you could totally see it, especially there were a lot of older people there. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we went to the, the um, there's a gallery next door that they sell like handcrafted jewelry and photographs that the husband takes. So we went in there and, um, and I bought a pair of earrings and I come back out and I go get my food. And immediately one of the ladies that was eating there, her, her face brightened and she said, oh, you went next door and you got something. And I said, oh, yeah, it's so beautiful in there. The work is amazing. And then she's like, oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Tomorrow we're having a farmer's market. And so that kind of like opened up a little bit like, OK, you came here to our town with your ugly masks on, but you're <laughs> investig- <laughs> an investigator. But you're spending money. money. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she said, oh, we'll have a good time at your Airbnb. 
And so because of COVID, uh, the the common area, which is the kitchen and other stuff like a, a sink and stuff that wasn't available. So we decided we mentally prepared to not have coffee, mm-hmm. to give up coffee that weekend, um, and also to just eat cold sandwiches or, you know, uh, uh, prosciutto and cheese, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So we committed to that. Of course, we had like lots of lots of beer (laughs) but so the main thing was like beer water and cold cuts you know so so, um we had a wonderful time oh good Uh, it was just a roof with with a uh, kind of a stage setting um a platform Mm -hmm. and then the bed and then had like a little nettings for the bugs uh fortunately it was cold enough for me to wear like long johns uh pajamas Mm. So I only yeah. got five bites. Only five. Oh. I'm so excited about <laughs> I that. I know you always have so many They're always everywhere. But um, yeah, this time we did a lot more exploring. We went across the river, which we didn't do last time. And I fell and I fell. All of my weight went on my fingers and my knee. Oh. And after I fell Ugh. on those, I rolled off of it. So I don't know how I fell exactly. So I fell, immediate pain, and then I rolled off. So when I actually got up, I was like, I'm so sorry, Frank. I'm so sorry. Cause I always fall on my trips. <laughs> and then, but, uh, but pro tip, if you guys are out on a trip with your husband who loves you, and if you trip on the first day, he will take care of you hand and foot for the next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was the first day. Yeah. The first oh, day. No. Yeah. But I, you know, I was yeah. trying to learn my aqua shoes and the, the rocks yeah. were slippery. So yeah. I wasn't too far in the water, so I, I was okay. But yeah, just the footing. And those rocks are loose. So like, if you're not like, if you don't shake it before you step on it, you're going to. Yeah. So, so does not apply if you're out with, on a vacation with your husband who does not love you. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my God, he was so amazing. We brought our hammock from Nicaragua down there and he put it up for me. Oh, so I cool. Down. Yes, uh-huh. and he made me my sandwiches. And then when we w- would go down into the river, um, he would hold my hand, like, you know, like, you know, supporting me. I was like, oh, this is so romantic. <laughs> Did you take a picture of the platform? I want to see the, the oh, bed and oh, the platform. Absolutely. Yeah, I took pictures of everything. Okay. I, I actually wouldn't mind taking my nephew and just kind of like, you have no internet, so you're completely dark. Talk to me. You don't have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) You have nowhere to go. The coyotes will get you. (laughs) Yeah. And there's all sorts of stuff. There's little frogs. There's the river. um, There's, oh my God, so many different kinds of birds. I saw you sitting in the river. Wasn't it cold? It was cold, but it was also warm. And I don't know if you guys can tell, but I got a little tan. Um, it might be because I haven't been out at all <laughs> in the year, but um, yeah, it's cold, but the, it offsets because it, the hot sun was on me on top oh, uh-huh. and then like, and so it was nice and cool, but my bottom half. So I was like, I'm just going to sit here and just contemplate nature. <laughs> they got a donkey and there's some wild oxen. I don't know, but there was a lot of weird sounds out there and it was awesome. <laughs> it was super cool. We actually slept till, till 10 a.m. Uh, even though there's no walls, but we just decided to just completely just give ourselves to rest. Yeah. And then on the hammock and then in the river. And it was just great. It was wonderful. I I can't stop talking about it. It was amazing. I'm so happy for you. 
Yes, and as as we were talking about it at the last night, we're like, we have to come back at least every six months. Just oh wow, unplug, just unplug for like two yeah. or three days, and then that's it. Of course, the ride back was scary because it started raining on the way back. Oh, it did. Oh. Yeah, and there's some winding roads, and I'm just yeah. Like, I haven't been driving for a while, so I'm like, oh shit, I used to do this like, because I used to Uber. So I'm like, oh man, I used yeah. to Uber for a living, and now I can't drive. What the fuck? <laughs> So yeah, it was cool. It was really oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. That's exciting. It really was. All right. What time is it, Kristen? Well, it appears to be La Hora de la Cervecita. Yay. And I'm trying to read these small little words, these red little words on, no, it's a bright brown on a darker brown, but I can't, I, I don't think it's anything pertinent, but today we have ginger beard spiced stout. And apparently, we have been <laughs> holding on to this beer to taste and drink and enjoy since the holidays. <laughs> so we're a little behind, but at least the atmosphere is kind of like Christmassy right now. But the fact I am just as slow or slower on the uptake of why this is called ginger beard, because first of all, I thought it was gingerbread until uh-huh. I looked at it today and I'm like, ginger beard, why is it called that? And I looked at it and I stared at it <laughs> and I'm like, why is it called that? And not until right now did I realize that there is a red haired man on the label, all you can see is his bottom half, and he has a big, long beard. It's red, and he is eating a gingerbread man. But that was just there to confuse me because it had nothing to do with <laughs> anything. You got to look at the whole picture. Ginger beard is all about this um, man who has a red beard on this label. So I think that that's super funny. Um, and I'm actually very interested to try it. It's a spiced stout and stouts are not, um, my favorite as everyone knows, it is a 4.8 ABV. Um, but there's not, I am going to say that there's not any information on here because the small little words are beyond my uh, reading and understanding. I cannot read what they say. I don't even see what brewing company this is. Yeah, it's actually brewed and bottled by Joseph Sproul. Oh, I just see that. Yes, Joseph Joseph Sproul. Brewing Brewing company company in San Jose. Oh, okay. Uh, Wow. Yeah, and I thought it was going to be like foreign because it's Joseph's brow. Like, <laughs> like, you know, but it's actually and 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 um, what is this? A beer advocate. It says that it is an American stout, and that it's it it has it labeled as Trader Joe's Brewing Company. And yes, oh. I did get this at Trader Joe's. Okay. And it's oh, that seasonal, makes sense. It's seasonal and rotating. They so. actually have a lot of cool stuff there. They do. Um, I've been going more to Trader Joe's. Um, you know wow. when I when I want my cold meats and stuff. Um, uh, and uh, I always check out the beer section. So I have been exclusively shopping at Trader Joe's for the past three weeks 
because that's where I get all my Whole30 stuff because they have just a lot of options for me there. And it's just convenient and easy. And I always stop by the beer section just to look to see if they have anything cool or exciting that we um, can do on the podcast. And I've kept myself from buying stuff that seems um, like it's interesting because I'm like, I can't this I can't trust myself until the end of the month and I was right I could not trust myself (laughs) (laughs) so this is bottled bottled. and we haven't had a Uh, bottle in a really long time mm -hmm. yeah Um, I already opened mine and it smells like gingerbread mm -hmm. oh my gosh I didn't even get the cap all the way off and the smell is so strong of gingerbread oh my god does it ever Wow. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. I'm scared to. I love gingerbread, but I don't like ginger. That's really weird. Well, it's very seasonal. (laughs) Is it? It is. Yeah. Like, I feel like I should be in front of the fire and, you know, and then Carol's should be. Should be playing in the background and I should be wearing some some red socks with. Yeah. It is very seasonal. It's very gingerbready, very mm. sweet, uh, ginger. Um, I don't, I don't even know really why, taste but I taste out. bananas. Right. I taste bananas like banana bread. Yeah. yeah. Really? It, yeah. yeah. It tastes like, like I can taste the ginger, but also it, it tastes like banana bread. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it has kind of that walnut kind of feel to it too. Mm-hmm. With banana like bread. I like banana bread like uses like a little bit of ginger doesn't it yeah I maybe that's so. why maybe yeah, like just in like in my brain I'm like banana bread mm-hmm. like and I'm just like willing the taste into existence in my mouth <laughs> no no it does <laughs> it, like, I feel it too I definitely but like yeah like it tastes like it tastes like I'm eating a gingerbread cookie on top of a slice of banana bread uh except it's a smoothie right in the form of a beer yes <laughs> so you did say that this is seasonal and rotating so just because we're drinking it in april doesn't mean that it won't be available at trader joe's at some time in the future yeah Probably i'm saying more October, around yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so but you now know oh. what to go get at uh, trader joe's if you like this uh this review we're doing right now so yes a hundred percent if you enjoy gingerbread if you apparently enjoy banana bread. <laughs> Actually, you know, there's a, there's a funny, not a fun, not like in a bad way. Like in the back of my throat. I know what you're thinking, Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> That's I see your saying. face. I can see it. Um, um, but also like, do you know that funny feeling when like when you drink a chai latte? Yes. In, like, yes in the back yes, yes. yeah in the back yes. of in the back of the throat that's mm-hmm. what that feels like it's and very spicy yeah yes, it is yes. it's it's spicy oh that's a, it's such a <laughs> it's such a trader joe's thing as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's such an odd beer but i like it like i know right i would i would definitely 100 drink this casually like in december and like I'll keep drinking it right now too because yeah. it's cold outside and this is making me feel like a little bit warm because um, <laughs> it is cold outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's 
it's a very unique beer. Yes. Uh, to say to say the least. It's definitely not the best, but it's not the worst I've ever had. And I do, I'm more shading towards, I genuinely like it. Yeah, you know, um, this is definitely a light ABV and it's very, very... It is for a stout. Yeah, and also the fact that it has all these flavors that come to mind when you're like in the Christmassy season, um, maybe Thanksgiving. So like all those all those months where you eat a lot of food. So it's light enough to eat and drink this mm. beer at the same time. That is a very good yeah, thoughtful that's a point. Good, <laughs> yeah, that's a you, good point. I'm always trying to eat and drink and I can't do it. And so, oh, so. I only eat and drink. I can't understand you weirdos because Eddie's the same way who will only drink or eat, but not do both at the same time. Exactly. Hey, speak for other people, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I could see myself like, you know, having Christmas cookies and having this on the side mm-hmm. or maybe having like, you know, a hot chocolate and having this on the side or even including <laughs> it with it like a hot toddy or something. Like, oh, I wonder, yeah, I wonder mm-hmm. how that would work with this beer. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, it's light enough so that it doesn't fill you up so you could have like all the yeah. wonderful Christmassy goodies out there but I really love the whole blend of all the flavors in one beer I'm kind of I'm like really really shocked and surprised and pleasantly so though (laughs) I'm just like yeah I just um this is not something I would pick up I only picked it up because it was the last six pack at Trader Joe's when I picked it up and it was uh, like I don't know it was like maybe six bucks for the six Uh. pack so yeah. it was like a perfect uh, the size so I could share with you guys and also um, a good price and it was seasonal. Uh, although I did get it at the end of the season, but I thought, well, we'll come around and it's, yeah. it's rotating. So, well, but, I'm yeah. sad that we didn't try it during the holidays because it's perfect for that. But it actually um, is good year round. So even if you don't get to it uh, during the holiday season, I think you can enjoy it at any time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, maybe skip dessert and have this for dessert instead. Yeah, and it'll just it, it'll it is it'll... a dessert beer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a dessert beer. So anyway, we don't really have any information on what hops or, you know, what but I guess just gingerbread. I mean, there was like really no, um, no details on this. But I'm fine with that. It it's just really delicious, actually. I, I'm really happy with this choice. Yes. Uh so I think that probably uh Trader Joe's, you might be able to find more information on uh some of their websites, or I wonder if they probably have some like beer section on their on their online or something or or some person who is a beer aficionado and also loves Trader Joe's has come around and made some kind of list of like the top 10 beers you can get <laughs> yeah at no Trader doubt. Joe's. but uh we've we've actually reviewed a couple who say that they have a contract with Trader Joe's so that's pretty cool yeah so are you guys ready to rate the beer yeah definitely um, um yeah I'm very excited about this okay so Uh, Just as a reminder for our listeners, we rate beers on a five-point scale where one is flaccid, two is initial, three is partial, 
four out of five is full and a five out of five is rigid. But if we try a beer that is just off the charts, it is a six out of five Super Saiyan. So, Sarah, why don't you start and tell us what you think of this beer? Well, just um, I'm not I'm not I don't even like uh, sweet beers, but this one really I don't know. It was just a whole mood, like with all the the layering of flavors, uh, the sweetness wasn't bothersome to me. I like the fact that it's light ABV. That way I could have it with food or at the end of a meal. Um, it's really festive. It brings a smile to my face. I'm just going to I'm going to go right out and make it a full. Mm-hmm. I, I really like this. OK, cool. So this is mm-hmm. Kristen. And OK. So some backstory here. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like ginger. Um, I like gingerbread. I like ginger snaps. I like gingerbread men, but for whatever reason, I don't like ginger. <laughs> My best friend has um, a favorite perfume. It's called Fenty and it smells like ginger. It is so strong. And she used to spray so much of it that I could taste it. And it was just the bane of my existence when she would spray her perfume in our bedroom because we shared um, we shared a room for a really long time. And I was such a good friend. I would buy her that perfume every Christmas. Wow. I hated it. And drinking this beer reminds me of being in the room when she <laughs> sprayed her perfume. Oh, wow. <laughs> So memory memory it is sweet it is good i actually enjoyed the few sips that i had um i passed <laughs> it off to eddie and eddie was like oh my god it's so good but for me i'm giving it a partial which is a three out of five just because that ginger is just so it brings up bad memories <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why you can't taste the like banana yeah i like, didn't yeah bread that we did i think the ginger is just too overpowering for you yeah. that you're like i cannot taste anything else yeah so this is jen and i am going to give it a full as well i really like it um um it's <laughs> it's such a it's such an odd beer but like in a good way mm-hmm. like i think i think it's um um you know what it also reminds me of? So Trader Joe's also has some seasonal teas. And they around mm-hmm. November, they come out with their pumpkin spice uh, blend Ooh. tea that is absolutely delicious. Like, I, I will actually it. run over all the white women to get all <laughs> to get <their> tea. <laughs> Like, I'll do it. As a matter of fact, I did do it. I beat one, one, I beat one person to the last one. I was just like, later. <laughs> and so like every time every like so like starting like three or four years ago anytime it's november i like go to trader joe's to get this tea and that's what and this kind of reminds me of the flavor of that tea so, i will have to keep an eye out for it because i've only started I, i've gone here and there but for whole 30 the first time i did it was in january um mm-hmm. and i completely just bypassed that aisle because the teas and coffees are right next to the breads and so I would not go down the <laughs> aisle at all, but I'll have to keep an eye out for it. Definitely do. Like the the Trader Joe's, like the Trader Joe's brand, like themselves, they come out with some like pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. And so, and I really like that tea. So highly recommend it. And that's what this beer reminds me of. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a full. I think it's really good. I think it's tasty. If you don't like ginger, if you don't like chai tea lattes, if you don't like <laughs> banana bread. <laughs> but see, I love chai tea lattes. So, mm-hmm. 
but that did not Maybe. taste like Thai tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was spice to it, though. Definitely yeah. spice to it. And that part mm-hmm. was good. It's just the ginger was very overpowering for me. Yeah. So like, yeah, like, but like, if you don't like, like any of those things, it might, the yeah. fear might not be for you. But if you do like all of those things, like I do, then, <laughs> the, then I think you should give this a try. It's a very unique, very, I think very tasty beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And I got some Chisme, a little bit of Chisme. So it turns out Emilia Clark is joining the Secret Invasions team at Disney Plus. Um, if you guys don't know who Amelia Clark is, she is Daenerys Targaryen uh, from oh. the Game of Thrones. Yeah, so she's in negotiations to join the Marvel Studios in Secret Invasion. Um, so I'm so excited for that because they are really getting some really good actors on this. So, I mean, and what we've seen so far from WandaVision and um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier which the last episode, let me tell you, oh my God, I had so many feelings. Uh, the, just uh, it, uh, the script writing is amazing. So I can't wait what they're going to do with this. I, I'm very excited. So that's my cheese, man. What about you, Kristen? You have some cheese, man? I have some real life Facebook cheese, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that Facebook spicy stuff. So the other day, I was on Facebook and randomly saw a friend's post about how he was at the Torrance Brew Hall uh, here in Torrance and specifically visiting the George Lopez Brewery. And for those of you who've been listening, you know that we have reviewed two of his beers. Uh, One was the Paloma IPA and another one was Agria Fesca Sour. And we loved them both. And I just happened to mention on my friend's post that uh, I really loved the Paloma IPA, that it was so good, um, and that um, uh, I highly recommended it. And some random person responded to me and was like, oh my God, I love that you love it so much. I want to give you some cases. I was like, what? I'm like, yes. Sign me up. And yes. (laughs) 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 So it turns out that this person has a connection to uh, the brand new location that is going to be opening um, uh, where I think it's another brew hall um, and it's going to uh, include George Lopez Brewing Company. And it's opening in Hermosa Beach here in the South Bay of Los Angeles County. And uh, she is connected with that new location and she is offering to give me beer Simply because I said how much I liked it. So I thought that was awesome. Um, I told her about the podcast and I told her that we definitely shout them out and uh, give the um, George Lopez Brewery and all of his Da Loco beers uh, all of the accolades <laughs> that they deserve. So um, that is my cheese de la semana. Oh my God, that's some Very juicy cool. stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> We're, we famous. all right time for our book review what are we reviewing today so today we are reviewing the hostage by sal abinanti 
I want to say that's how I want to say that's his, that's how his name is said. Uh, and this was actually a book that uh, was on Kickstarter that I was able, like I backed, I haven't gotten the physical copy of it yet, but I ha- do have the PDF uh, of it, which is what we are reviewing. Um, I am not too sure if it's still available um, uh, for purchase, uh, but I do see that there are pre-orders available for it on uh, on Backerkit. Uh, for it as well if anybody's interested in picking it up but the hostage is a full color graphic novel inspired by the culture and religions of brazil set in the favelas of rio de janeiro uh that is what the original pitch was and the book itself was like insta success on kickstarter and i think a lot of that had to do was that because Sal Abinanti himself is an art dealer, but he's an art dealer who fo- who deals with some of the most prolific people in comic books art right now, which is Alex Ross and Bill Sienkiewicz. Sienkiewicz? Sienkiewicz. Oh, sorry, I don't. Huh? Sienkiewicz. <laughs> Sienkiewicz. Uh, Sienkiewicz. Yeah. And Bill Sienkiewicz. So they did artwork for him. And like they got a couple of other people as well who are like pretty much pretty well known as well. And I believe he met his funding goal for the book, like, within the day. If not not hours, I think, like, within the day. And then they went on to, like, stretch goals and everything. Uh, Basically, by the time the book wrapped up, it was double the amount of its uh, intended goal goal with 539 backers. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, we like talked a little bit about the book itself um, uh, before we started recording, but basically the hostage is a mix of kind of horror with like m- like modern issues, uh, mythology, and I and like superhero themes mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. and it's. In the like, I, uh, I'm gonna be honest. When I was first reading it, I did not know what the fuck was going on. Like <laughs> the book, <laughs> the book starts off very confusing, uh, and like because it's it's split into two. There's chapter one and there's chapter two, and it's actually a pretty dense book. There's like there's a lot of pages. The artwork is very unique. When I saw it on the Kickstarter page, that's actually what interested me. It gave me a very uh, kind of uh, my favorite thing is monsters oh, yeah. um, mixed with like kind of that um, uh, not David Mack the the other guy uh, Dave McKeon yeah oh yeah Dave it kind of yeah it kind of gave me the like my favorite thing is monsters slash Dave McKeon kind of art feel and Salabinanti himself is isn't as actually like I said is an art dealer but he's an artist as well so everything everything about this book was done by him like the lettering the art the the um, the formatting and everything and that kind of explains a little bit about why it was like kind of messy in like the first chapter but by the second chapter it got better uh Mm -hmm. I will I will say that it got it got a lot better and I actually ended up liking the book because uh, it was just that first chapter was kind of tough to 
chew through. And it, again, it's that kind of that thing where uh, Kristen actually said it um, uh, pretty well. The book is like, I'm it. It feels exploitive, but it also, at the same time, very much feels like a passion project as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, I 100% believe that Sal loves Brazil. He, uh, he lived there for a couple years. I think he really cares about Brazil and the favelas and the like stories and the people there. I think he really loves Brazil. At the same time, I couldn't help but feel that was this really his story to tell? But at the same time, I was just like, if he didn't tell it, who kind of would, who with that voice that, or that at least these connections would have been able to tell it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's kind of very hard to be like, uh, like, oh, like the book is like awful. Like he shouldn't be telling these stories and stuff like that. Like they're not his to tell. But at the same time, I feel like he was coming from for this at like at at what he felt was right. And I can respect that um, uh, because in the end, I did like the story. Uh, I did like the story and I did learn a lot of stuff because I'm not very familiar with Brazil and the myths and the peoples that live in there. And I learned stuff as I was reading it like um, um at the same time some of the stuff I was just like that's kind of uh I don't know if you should be like if that's your story to tell kind of thing but at the same time if if he has a platform that he was able to successfully fund he and like contribute to it and that's like that's not only it he actually translated the book into por- into Brazilian Portuguese as well like mm-hmm. that's he very much cares about this story and uh and has a ge- I think he has a genuine love for Brazil and um, um and the stories that it has to tell and if another book comes out I think I would back it still because the story the story was was good like uh by the end of it I was I was invested in it I thought it was I thought it was interesting uh and that is to be honest uh if I had seen the book in comic shop it was just the hostage on it and like nothing else really explaining it I would not have picked the book but he did a good job of pitching it in kickstarter and making me invested and with his artwork and with all these people who are backing him and the fact that he had those connections it's I find it like it's a little sad for me to say but like the fact that Alex Ross and Bill Sinkovich <laughs> like made cover art for him and like yeah. special stuff for him. I was just like, oh, he seems like if the backing of these very prominent white uh, artists convinced me, who's very, very open minded about most projects, that this story was worth telling. Like, imagine somebody else trying to tell this story without those people backing uh backing him would it have even yeah. there's hundreds of projects on kickstarter that never meet their goal i've certainly it's backed true. some that i <laughs> that i really really hope that would meet their funding goal but they never do they're like a hundred dollars off thousands of dollars oh. off or maybe they never even make it to the halfway mark or get to like kick off so if there's something to be said about the comics books industry being really insular that's another thing is that i can't see this book being printed by 
like maybe by image like maybe Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. sal gives me the impression of somebody who knows what he's worth and like what art is worth because i mean he's a fucking art dealer so he i think he was just all like no Uh, like i want as much creative freedom and as much like this stuff to be like mine and from and from me and like my story so he decided to kickstart it because with connections like that I have no I have no doubt that he could have been picked up by image by dark horse or by something like that but I think maybe the story that he would have been trying to tell would have been affected by the editing process Uh, and would that have helped would that have hindered him I'm not entirely sure but I but it's a book that exists now and it's a book that i did find interesting and fascinating uh and that did teach me something so i have i have kind of have mixed feelings about the book but overall i liked it that's awesome yeah um i I felt the same way i the part i enjoyed the most was the connection that he had to the story that was expressed in the epilogue and that by far was my favorite but I also enjoyed chapter two a lot more than chapter one although when the first few pages where he is talking about his love or how people fall in love with Rio de Janeiro and um, describing the beaches and the colors and everything like that and um, yeah, that part was really romantic and poetic. That's what I got from the first chapter was it was so poetic and dreamlike, uh, again, kind of uh, thinking about Dave McKeon and um, uh, uh, Arkham Asylum, the one he, he wrote and uh, illustrated was kind of like really poetic, really kind of like in a dream state. It wasn't really like a, a story that would flow the way usually stories flow so um a lot of the dialogue bubbles or like the inner monologue um with the way the paneling was set you would get like um like a dialogue bottle like up at the top of the left hand of the page and then you'd have to scroll down to read the bottom one before going to the next panel which kind of hinders you a lot when you're reading this in a digital format and that's one of the things that I found really distracting from this um, also I know that he wanted his art to speak more above above the story than actually writing the words in the first chapter that um, he made the dialogue bubbles kind of small so um, so we could see the art above everything but in a digital format that just that didn't work out too well for me. Um, I sing it on my phone. I, I think it worked better on my phone than on my uh, on the desktop. Um, but at the same time, I had to keep scrolling in and zooming in and out to get the full story. Um, but overall, the art is phenomenal. I really love these. Um, he has different styles throughout, but one of my favorites, I think, was the one where he does uh, a lot of line work, a lot of little lines o- layering over colors and colors and colors, but without having them turn black. I mean, every color is kind of really bright. And I think that is just kind of a, a representation of Brazil, because uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but there's like a lot of mosaic s- steps and stuff. And he actually made a reference to these mosaic mm-hmm. artwork in Brazil. Um, they're really bright in color. They're like super, super bright. And and and, and he kind of juxtaposes that saying, okay, we have these bright, beautiful mosaics, but, you know, like then we have the streets running with bl- the blood of children, you know, like it's, 
because what he's trying to talk about in this story is the kids that um, are no longer wanted by their parents and are just kicked out into the streets. And these kids are like below the age of 15 and they're out there running the streets and trying to survive. And um, these are kids that are, well, children, you know, they're not adults. So like they haven't really developed emotionally or anything. So um, what ends up happening is they, you know, they, they're thieves. They, they're working and selling peanuts. They're, um, they drug themselves by huffing paint and glue and you know they spent the most of their the day sleeping on the street with their eyes covered and that's actually what where the title comes from this book hostage because they bandage their 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 eyes up so that the sun doesn't bother them while they sleep during the day because they're pretty much creatures of the night uh and it's it's so sad because it feels like even dogs are treated better than these kids. Like they're killing them, they're shooting them up, they're burying them in a mass grave. Uh, nobody is stepping up to, you know, like just show these children love and including the police. And it's just, it's a really tough subject matter. Um, and like you, Jensa, were saying that maybe his platform shines. Uh, highlights or shines a light on this issue um i think if it wasn't for the magical realism and the orishas and even the part where he was talking about the uh macaco monkeys that have also been thrown out of the rainforest land because they've been cutting it down um and they turning them into into thieves i mean that sort of magical wording like poetic storytelling like it it's a hard read it but again, the artwork is, it's so complex and so layered. It, it's, um, and it's so, it's so scary, but it's in these bright colors. So, I mean, you really have to see this. It's, uh, it's quite impressive. It's, I, when I saw this, I was just like, oh my God, how much little textured work. It's like trying to put a needle in a thread each time you're drawing this. It's like, blow mind-blowing but yeah that's um that's my take on it what about you Kristen? <laughs> well uh the artwork to me in the beginning was very garish and I just could not get into it but as I'm reading the story and as the history of these street children uh, is being told and the history of uh slavery in Rio de Janeiro is being told um, I, it, it, the artwork starts to actually become more significant, um, to the story being told for me. And I think just like both of you, the chapter two was a lot more enjoyable. And I think to the point of what he was trying to make. And I think it's, it's important to highlight that, uh, he actually wrote this story, from his own personal experiences of spending time, I know Jen mentioned it in Rio, but that <clears throat> uh, he, when he went there, he was a young man, I think in his twenties, and he thought he was just going to go party at Carnival and have a good old time. And he didn't himself know about the realities of what goes on with poverty in Brazil and uh, with kids and stuff like that. And that it was kind of a wake up call for him. And I think um, a lot of us who don't 
live in the in, uh, big cities of uh, somewhere um, might have similar experiences. I know I definitely did when I moved to Los Angeles, um, going from a small town in Central California to a small town in Northern California and then moving here. Um, and so uh, because to him, uh, Brazil was just, and specifically Rio de Janeiro was just a party town. And you just think about what you see on TV. And so when um, I think it very much was a passion project, like what Jen said, um, because he wanted to give um, these kids their due, like that he wanted the world to know their story. And so just like Jen, by the end of this, by the end of the story, the artwork meant more, made more sense. It was less um, intrusive to me. And um, it's very, of course, horror is my favorite genre. And it very much is, I think, um, interwoven in the story is a horror story. Um, and so I really enjoy the, And it's very intricate. The story is very intricate talking about these children and um, what happens to them. But they're just like you were saying, Sarah, there's monkeys coming from the jungle who are performing these like rituals. And then there's gods and spirits and stuff who are basically taking on the spirits of these children to get revenge on the police that are crooked and killing kids. I mean, there's so much stuff going on. Um, but at the end of the day, I think he was able to get across that these atrocities are happening in real life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that, I think, was the hardest thing to wrap your head around when you're reading the story. Like there's a part where he mentions how girls turn to candy or something like that. And that just turned into human candy. Yeah. And that just made me wince and just yeah. like, I just wanted to crawl into a, a little cocoon because I'm like, I can't imagine being like seven mm -hmm. and having to live like that. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. And then another mention of little boys, how they put them in sacks and they just beat them mm -hmm. or just burning them with cigarettes before you even consider killing them because you want them to suffer and you want to to impose that suffering onto another human being that is basically innocent they have not even had a chance to you know become an asshole or you know become a criminal or you know they're still young and there's a lot of references to um something about the blood being redder because they're mm -hmm. closer to uh, creation yeah I mean, there, mm -hmm. there's that type of writing style in this comic um that was very poetic and sad so mm -hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of heavy themes in the book mm -hmm. yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah i i think we should rate the book because i'm gonna start crying and <laughs> we don't want to do that no <laughs> so what do, you, what do you guys rate it well this is Kristen and I am going to give it two conchas um I did by the end of the story enjoy it I really liked that he shared a little story um that happened to him where he had come across a young boy who was selling peanuts I think it was Some and that he had 
um, given him, he had cash in his pocket. And so he gave the boy the entire wad of cash that he had. And because he, he thought he was helping him, he wanted to help him. And the boy was so offended uh, that he threw the money back at him and just kept what the cost was of the peanuts. And I felt like that was the writer's way of like sharing that story of like giving these kids dignity. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. even though they are out there create, you know, stealing or getting high or whatever, at the end of the day, they're surviving. And um, mm-hmm. it is very, very uh, heavy topics, but in a very creative uh, way. So I give it two conchas. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Jen, and I'm going to, uh, I'm really torn because. It's I. I'm gonna give it one concha, uh, because I think I I think the story that he told was important. I did end up enjoying it. I did end up learning a lot about it, um, um, and it's I did enjoy that oh, that story that you mentioned too because it's I don't know it's just it seemed it's a very it's such a prideful thing to do, mm-hmm. but sometimes at the end of the day that's all you have. Uh, especially for some of these children and people who live there and like you can't just like and it's but it's such a it's such a latin x culture thing too yeah to not accept handouts mm-hmm. as well or what you perceive as handouts yeah that i i don't know i was just really charmed by that story as well even though it's like it's not i could like i i looked at it i was just like uh yep that's my people that's that's just how we are um um so i don't in that one story he managed to convey a lot of like i don't know a lot of identity that is that i'm actually surprised he was able to uh convey considering his own background Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give it one concha one one and a half you did okay (laughs) you did all right you did all right um this is sarah and i'm gonna go with two conchas um like I said, I really enjoyed the art and just the technique of it all. Like I really like zoomed in and tried to figure out how he created all these color layering lines and created images, ghost images that just haunt you. So I'm going to go with two conchas. It was re- really cool, really cool style of art. All right, guys, it's now time for On My Radar. Kristen, what's on your radar? Okay, so I shared with you what I was going to talk about which is a comic, but I cannot let this go by because I just discovered it and it is the best freaking thing I have ever seen. I'm going to buy two of them. I'm going to have them all over (laughs) the shop. It is so amazing. And I'm going to show it to you right now. Obviously the people listening will just have to listen to my description, but I believe it is going to be out in June, there is going to be a pop doll of the Tapatio Man. <gasps> what? <laughs> oh my God. Isn't that the cutest thing you ever saw? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he That's is in super his cute. costume. Well, it, it, it's his, it's his, uh, what do you call it? His, um, it's not a costume. Uh, he, is he wearing a uh 
what are those musicians? Why can't I think of, of Mexican musicians? <laughs> it's like a charro hat, isn't it? Well, it is a hat, but he has like, well, I guess it's not, it's not um, uh, with the metal or anything, but he has his yellow jacket. He has his red like tie and he's holding a little bottle of Tapatio. Oh and my God. So cute. And it just says the Tapatio man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. And this was on my radar because I just learned about it this week. So I have mine on order. It should be coming in. Um, this actually that I'm looking at on Google, it says that you can even their target is going to start to carry it when it comes out. So oh, wow. you can get your Tapatio pop doll at multiple places. So <laughs> um, tell me, what are those Mexican musicians? Why no, can't so I think? Mariachis? Yes, mariachis. Why can't I not think <laughs> of mariachis? I'm I like, know, I was like, what? I know, because because you're like, she can't not not think of the word mariachi. Like, my brain is complete. The white man <laughs> in the kitchen just yelled it at me. That's how, that's how bad my brain is today. That's so anyway, that was just a little extra on my radar. What I really wanted to talk about was Batman Fortnite. Batman Fortnite is a brand new book that just was released this last Wednesday. It's going to be bi-weekly. And if you know anything about Fortnite, if you are in any gamer world um, and you know any, what, eight to 14-year-old child... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then you probably I was about- I would even go so far as to say any five to 34 year old man. <laughs> oh wow okay then you probably have heard about Batman Fortnite so Batman Fortnite is a book published by DC it's actually written by Christos Gage who is a very good friend of the shop uh, Heidi Hill Comics he um he spends his time locally in Santa Monica um well he he lives locally in the LA area. And then half of his time is actually, I believe on the East coast, he's um, on the East coast presently right now, but he, there's been many of times where he's coming to the shop just, and he's a collector. So he'll be going through the vintage bin, but anyway, he is a pretty awesome writer. Um, You might also know him um, as being one of the co-writers of the Spider-Man PS4 game that was so awesome that came out a couple of years ago that I still haven't finished. So So he is not new to gaming and um, storytelling in games. Uh, But Batman Fortnite is a crossover where Batman, yes, the Batman, Bruce Wayne, gets sucked into this wormhole and deposited onto uh, uh, an island in the world of Fortnite. Um, Now, that wouldn't be such a big deal if, given that uh, he's in this world, that he has no idea what the heck happened, he not only has no memory of who he is, he can't speak. So apparently in the Fortnite game, characters don't talk. So he is literally in the game. And so he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know he's Batman and he can't speak and talk to other people. All he knows is there's all of these crazies that are trying to kill him. 
because <laughs> something I just learned is Fortnite is basically a last man standing battle royale type game. It's a battle <laughs> royale basically, game. Basically, yeah. you are just fighting and trying to be the last man standing uh, or person, last person standing. Um, I have to say, I want to play as the fluffy little pink bear with boobies. Uh, <laughs> but anyway okay. i mean you can but you're gonna have to pay for it oh really okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so i remember you telling me about this and like all i could think about was like i don't recall exactly the company that makes fortnite um, um like they must be rolling around in the fucking money that they're raking in from 13 year olds because like <laughs> to get a whole ass comic book like made by dc about it because it's gonna like apparently their reach is strong enough that they can drag all these people to come and take it is incredible like honestly and the fact that they're putting in-game functions into the comic book as well is completely hilarious like yeah it's it has to be the funniest shill of the century like <laughs> honestly uh, and actually I, I was shocked at how much i enjoyed the book it was actually pretty well done uh and mm-hmm. there i won't i won't spoil it but there is a two a couple of other characters who he comes across in his um uh in his adventure um, and they also uh, don't have memory when he meets them over in the other world. So it's very interesting. It's I thought it was very well done. I've only read number one. It's going to come out every other week. Um, but here's the catcher. They have, they, I don't know who, Fortnite, I guess. They've included a code in each issue that specifically gets you a skin that you can only get from this comic book and each comic, each issue. So issue one has one skin issue two has another skin and so on and so forth. It's a limited series of six issues. And if you collect all six, you get a special, um, uh, I think it's a special uh, Batman armor that you can only get uh, by collecting all six. And the first code was a Harley Quinn skin. So how many people were calling asking, they don't care about the book. All they cared Mm -hmm. about was that skin. Do you know how many children I watched have their parents pay? And it it was a premium. The book was marked up. If you did not have the book on your pull list or you didn't pre-order it with us, um, you paid a premium. We undercut. It was going for $30 on eBay day one. Are you kidding me? It was a $4.99 book. Oh, and it was going for, I believe it was either $4.99 or $5.99. I think there was two different covers and one might have been $5.99, but it was going for $30 on eBay day one. We sold out day one. We got a couple more copies day two. Um, Those lasted probably into a little bit of day three. Um, But how many kids that I see come talk their parents into buying them that $20 book. And then actually it was, um, how much were we, were we, were we charging $50 per book? No, (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. Anyway, we weren't charging cover price. 
Um, and they were talking their parents into buying the book. I watched these kids rip open it because they all had plastic seals on them so that oh. nobody came in and stole just the code. And uh-huh. as all you had to do is take a picture of it and you'd be good and you can go redeem it. But rip open the book and like smash the pages looking for the code. And then after they saw the code was there, literally roll the book up into like a newspaper and like run out of the store. I watched so many kids do that. And I was like, oh, my, I wanted to like, <laughs> I wanted to grab them <laughs> by their collar and be like, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> I was so offended. And most of the people coming into the store were young boys with their parents mm-hmm. who didn't care anything about reading the book. And just to be facetious, I told all of them in front of their parents, you're not allowed to redeem the skin until you read the book. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's awesome. Parents are like, that's a good idea. I'm like, yes. (laughs) Fundamental. (laughs) And um, is that code different per book? Um, I'm assuming, I mean, it's the same skin per book, but I have to imagine that it has to be different in some way, shape or form or else kids would just be sharing it so that they could, uh, so that they would only have to buy one comic. So I'm right, assuming it's I'm some, thinking. it's, uh, there's some difference. It's probably like one of those, like, uh, I don't know what they're called, but those squares that have. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're speaking and all I know, all I'm hearing is dollar signs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like everything about it. I think it, we like... charge $24.99 for the book. That's crazy. For and people are buying issue? it one people issue. were buying it because wow. like yeah it's like it's like i know fortnite fortnite's uh player base has gone up because of the pandemic and a lot of kids are home mm, right now and yeah, stuff yeah. like that oh, my little yeah. brother who like he he started playing when he was like like mm, i want to say i don't even know how long fortnite's been going on but when fortnite first came out he said that's he started playing it then and then he didn't play for a while because him and his friends lost interest Mm -hmm. but then when the pandemic started they started playing again um uh, and all i know is that they they just they they keep they play it with like they play it just to like mostly just to talk to each other like Uh, yeah like of course you would like want to be like in top place and stuff like that Uh, or like they play there's like different modes there's duos there's like a story mode as well but that one's like pay to play um um and stuff like that and like if the way that they did this code redemption thing is through a different code per page all i'm hearing is fucking dollar signs because that you have to you have to like the interface program for that is massive Mm -hmm. to be to like to like log in the code and it being the same skin like that's just that's a whole production like nightmare and like the of course there's like the crunch time and stuff like that and then there's like like there's so much money that's going into this like not only just from the people creating it but also like from how it's being made um into the this cross platform of book to video game stuff but also the fact that you were able to price that book up at 24 nine fucking 99 and still sell it yeah. like Damn. And a couple of people balked at it. It was like, how come it's so much money, even though it says that it's $5.99? I'm like, because that's what the market value is. 
And I tried to talk people into putting it on their pool, but they wouldn't do it. And I was like, more money for me. If you want to come pay me more money. He's like, well, is the next one going to be this much? I'm like, I don't know. When we get it in, I'll do the research and I'll let you know. But I mean, honestly, a lot of people say bad things about comic stores who price up books like that. But the reality is, is if that we had them on the shelf for cover price, the people who would get them would not be the kids. It would be all of the speculators and all the flippers who would come and buy it at price and turn around and they would get the $30. And yep. so I, I cannot, I cannot fault any business for selling something at market value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only that, it's kind of, um, uh, like we've had it happen so many times in the store when speculators come in and stuff like that. And they're like, I want to buy 20 of these. Yeah. Like it was if one it's a, like, person. if we ordered heavy on it, sure. Take a whole fucking case. No, no, no sweat off my back but if it's yeah. like you, you the, usually the case is is it's usually a smaller book we didn't order a lot there's mm-hmm. people who had already put it on their pull who were willing to give it a chance uh and then there's the other people who don't want to who don't want to buy the books to read them they want to buy the books to flip them yeah. so it's just uh, like all right nobody we'll beat you at your own game nobody is fooling themselves into thinking that these kids are buying the book to read the book and collect the comic they're paying $24.99 for a skin Mm -hmm. and so I (laughs) and I'm fine with that it's already going into its it's already we already uh, put in orders for third printings um and it'll probably go to a fourth printing because there's people on the late show who are just finding out that Fortnite is doing this (laughs) um we continuously get calls about it and um Somebody uh, online uh, in one of the retailer groups said that they got a call today that asked for the special deluxe book that came with a Harley Quinn costume. (laughs) (laughs) Was that actually a thing? (laughs) So they they said that, and apparently probably was a parent that called. We, I had many parents calling asking for what they had no idea they were asking for. And I would ask them <laughs> questions They're like, I have no idea, my child. And then we had multiple children calling and just Aww. being like, do you have the book? Yeah. Okay. And hang up. I'm like, oh, do you want us <laughs> to hold it for you? <laughs> Honey, if you don't tell me to hold it for you, I'm not going to hold it for yeah. you. Yeah. So we're getting second printings. We're getting third printings. It's the same code in all of the books, no matter what printing it is. But definitely, I'm going to tell you right now, if you did get a first printing, the amount of them that are actually going to make it the ride home and after the redemption of that code is probably going to be very small because these children do not care about the book. So if you do have one, keep it in good condition because uh, you're going to find that you probably have one of the very rare ones uh, at the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't get demolished. It didn't get demolished, yeah. I kind of want one of the second printing ones now so I can give to my little brother so he can get the skin. Oh, yeah. (laughs) How much do skins go for anyway? The average skin on um, uh, Fortnite costs about $10. That's about average for most video games. Okay. No, because I'm like, $30 for a skin from a comic book that you have to hunt down or just buying one. But the exclusivity, I get get that. I totally get that. Mm -hmm. I mean, a Harley Quinn skin, I think, is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know what other ones are going to be They already have one. Oh, they do? 
Yeah, they like oh. Fortnite is like Fortnite is is hoeing themselves out to every marketable place. <laughs> like they've got. I would pay thirty dollars for a Tapatio man's gift. <laughs> <laughs> I would not doubt that there's a like a mariachi type skin in yeah. the game already, uh-huh. but they they put out like almost like weekly new skins or stuff like that. Not oh, weekly, wow. well, like maybe like a battle pass season's length, so uh, usually about a month. I'm like sure every month they games- come out with something. Once the game and gaming industry realized that people were willing to spend money on this kind of thing, they just went balls to the wall on creating stuff and putting it out there. Yeah. All right, guys, it's now time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, Juntos y Fuertes. Yes. So today I am going to share with you um, on Juntos y Fuertes something that is local to the LA area. So sorry for you listeners who aren't in the LA area, but um, I wanted to share with you that this um, this month, and we've already shared with you some of those things, um, there is a local brewery collaboration with Pink, Pink Boots Society. And I think you heard us talk about Pink Boots Society before. Um, Pink Boots Society is a a nonprofit dedicated to educating women, cis, trans, and non-binary folks in the traditionally male-dominated field of beer. The organization also uses funds for scholarships to assist women in furthering their careers in the alcohol industry. Yes, alcohol! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, further my drinking! Um, So this is, we've shared with you a um, couple of beers that we reviewed for Women's History Month mm-hmm. that um, were collabs uh, with Pink, Pink Boots Society. But this is a whole bunch of different uh, breweries in the LA area that did a collaboration to raise money for women in beer. So there are local breweries like Frogtown Brewery, Highland Park Brewery, and Trademark Brewery, who all joined into the fundraiser, and they are brewing um, with a special hop blend from Yakima Chief Hops. Um, So each involved brewery also hosted a brew day in March for these particular beers. So this all happened in March for, um, for Women's History Month, but a lot of them still have some of these beers. And so this article was actually written in April um, to say that you can still go and get some of these beers. So there is in this article, a long list of breweries that participated. Um, Brujaria Company uh, participated. Elderberry Pale Ale is what they, uh, it's called Step Into Power, Elderberry Pale Ale. Claremont Craft Ales brewed That's Rad West Coast Pale Ale. Frogtown Brewery brewed All Places Pale Ale. Feather, oh my God, Feathered Serpent Brewery. I've always wanted to try their stuff. Yeah. I've never heard of them. Oh, I I have, but (laughs) I actually have follow them on Instagram and I've always wanted to try their brew. Oh, wow. Okay, well, Pomona, I think. Oh, nice. Well, they have uh, Ishta Ale. Golden Road Brewing has All Pale the Queen. Highland Park. (laughs) Now, I want to try this one. Or did we try this one? Highland Park has Mas Chingona. Is that the No, we, we haven't. <laughs> oh, okay. No. 
I know. Uh, and then Indie Brewing has Squad Juicy Double IPA. Poseidon mm-hmm. Brewing Company has Sirens Kiss IPA. Tarantula Hill Brewing has So Soft in IPA. Soft is S-A-W-F-T. And then Trademark Brewing Company has All Dolled Up Hoppy Pale IPA. So the, those are all the beers that are floating around L.A., county um and they were all in support of pink boot society and this article is just highlighting that um they are still out there and available and that you should support it because it is an amazing cause and you can actually go i i shared this article on our facebook but we'll share it again as part of this um part of this podcast but you can also go to pinkbootssociety.org because it is a nonprofit. Um, so that's Pink Boots Society. That's two S's. P-I-N-K-B-O-O-T-S-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y dot O-R-G. Awesome. I, every time I see anything from Pink Boots and if I can get it, I'm definitely getting it. Um, I'm very familiar with Indie Brewing Company. They have a meeting. I think it's a women's brewing. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, well, before the pandemic, they were great, <laughs> but, yeah. but um, they would bring in um, women in the brewery business and they have like them on the platform so they can speak to like several women and they could ask questions. And so, I mean, this is amazing stuff. Like <clears throat> the fact that there's a lot of women in the industry of the brewery business. So check them out. Look for those beers. I, guarantee they're going to be awesome. All right, guys, it's now time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have an exciting new book, and it is Clockwork Curandera, uh, The Witch Owl Parliament. So it is a steampunk graphic novel reimagining of Frankenstein set in colonial Mexico, created by an award-winning Latinx team. That wow. sounds amazing. <laughs> it is. So as of right now, they are almost at their funding goal, funding goal which is uh, at $6,000. They're at $4,543 with 141 backers and... As of this episode, 22 days to go. So there's still plenty of time. Oh, nice. But uh, the synopsis that they have is, in the Republic of Santa Ver, non-Christian magic is frowned upon, if not outright prohibited. But when Cristina Franco, an apprentice shaman, is killed by witch owls, her brother Enrique cannot let her go. With forbidden alchemy and engineering, Enrique brings her back to life, part human, part machine. Though her very existence is an abomination to Santander's citizens, Cristina vows to use her new abilities to protect her country from attack. That's awesome. First yes, of all, it's just, oh my God, it's, it looks amazing. The artwork looks, oh, it, it, you know what, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, I haven't looked to see who the creative team is. I know I just saw it and I was just so like, instant support yep okay yeah raul the third i was just like that artwork looks that artwork i i looked at it and i was just like that artwork looks familiar 
Oh, that's awesome. So he was the creator on um, Lowriders in Space, right? Yeah, Lowriders in Space. I was just like, I was looking at it and I was just like, that looks like the artwork from Lowriders in Space. So the creators are David Bowles, who's a creator and translator. And he is a Mexican-American author from South Texas, where he teaches at the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. Uh, Raul III is also a creator. Uh, and I believe he's also doing artwork. Stacy Robinson is the colorist. Damien Duffy is the letterer. And uh, the, that's everyone who's involved right now. And they're pu- being published by Lee and Low Books, which is an independent uh, POC-owned children's book publisher. So wow. it's, it's aiming to be, I believe, like a YA-type style of book, if not all ages. But uh, it's got Raul's like classic pin, ballpoint pin style artwork. I love that so much. <laughs> it is, but like a little bit like, like, it's it seems to be like a little bit like more inks and stuff like that than anything instead of like the the bright like red and blues and black ballpoint pins that we've seen uh it looks it looks beautiful it i love i love the the theme and the setting and those how they're doing the story it looks like instantly as soon as i saw it i was just so like insta back because (laughs) We've we've reviewed Lowriders in Space and we've applauded it and we've uh, we we love the book, but he seems to be even more directly involved with this. Uh, it seems so. I uh, I cannot wait to I cannot wait for when it comes out. But it's Clockwork Curandera Volume One, uh, and you can just type in Clockwork and it should be one of the first ones to pop up. It was pretty recently. Uh, listed and you still got plenty of time to go awesome all right guys it's now time for saludos Kristen. a quien estamos mandando saludos today today we are giving saludos to hondro gamboa we have not spoken to interviewed even seen hondro in so long he was he is our most trusted uh, con partner. Every time we see him at a con, he beer shares with us. And it is so fun to, um, to share beers and uh, talk and have a good time. And since we haven't had cons, we haven't been able to do that. But I saw Hondro just two days ago. He came into Heidi Ho um, because he was just in the area and he bought um, some things that he needed. Um, he actually bought under the cottonwood tree. Uh, so we sold a copy of that to him and, um, he gave us more of his single issues. We only had issue three and four on the wall or four and five, and he gave us one, two, and three. So now we have all of them. And one through five is the culmination of his, um, first story arc for, Monty Gomez is the luchador. And if you don't remember, we actually reviewed this book way back in the day. Like we were old circle table, (laughs) uh, Stephanie's bedroom uh, (laughs) podcast. (laughs) um, He was one of the very first ones that we did. And um, it was in our review of the book that we actually inspired his idea 
to um, actually do a little bit more back story on um, the what were they called the um, the group of older uh, luchadors who um, was it the defenders I don't remember um, I, it's <clears throat> been a while <laughs> los maximos maximos yes yeah. <laughs> thank you so in us just talking about how we thought it would be interesting to um, learn more about them, he was like, wow, that is kind of a good idea. And he actually did one episode all around that. And he let it slip that he actually put a little Easter egg in, um, I believe it was that issue of a 60s style Comadresi Comics. So you guys all have to pick it up and see what's (laughs) inside. I have yet to look at it. And if you're interested in actually listening to our original review of Monty Gomez is the Luchador, you can go back into the recesses of our podcast and listen to episode 24. That's how long ago it was. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We're in the hundreds. Yeah. So saludos to Jandro. And you can go to his website, which is labishka-inc, that's L-A-B-I-S-H-K-A-I-N-K.com. And I'm not going to lie. Every time I see it, Labishka Inc., I think Labia. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Sarah, and I am requesting that you put those on my pull list. <laughs> okay. gonna have the, I know I have one and two around, but I'd like to have them all together in one single pack. So, and I'm so excited and thank you so much for putting us into your comic book. I, I feel terrible for not having discovered that sooner, but thank you so much. (laughs) Shame on me, but I told him, I was honest. I was like, dude, I know you sent them to me. I could not tell you where they are. I don't know what I did with them. I know that I received them, but I have no idea what happened to them from there. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know we're so bad. We gotta, we we're gonna try to do better. But thank you again, and I'm so sorry you missed that. But I can't wait to see it. And thank you so much for that. You're always been like the super homie to Comadresi Comics. Thank yes. you. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us, girls? Listen here, listeners. all you have to do is go to www.comadresicomics.com and that is all you need to know our links to all of our social media is there to facebook to instagram to twitter our email you i don't know if our email is there but if it's not (laughs) you can always find us at um comadresicomics at gmail.com um, in case you don't want to go to the website, you can find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres y Comics. Um, we also have a Patreon going on. It's a network Patreon. Includes the uh, Period po- Podcast Network and all of the amazing shows that are in the network. And where can they find that, Kristen? You can go to patreon.com slash period podcast network and that is where you'll find all of the awesomeness extra content that um, all of the podcasts are providing for our patrons yes and always remember you could again go to comadresi comics at 
youtube.com and click on the in uh, YouTube link in order to watch our amazing Las Platicas episodes. We recently put up one with the Hen Henry Barajas and we're working on getting more of those out there. So please check them out. They're amazing. You get inspired by those wonderful creators and um, all their ideas and how they got started and just really intimate details um, that if you as a person that wants to create a comic book can find out more about. Um, also remember we're in the last days of our drawings so please rate review subscribe and comment or comment on Castbox, or now you can comment on our um website comadesycomics.com to enter to win in this drawing so thank you so much for listening thank you for all your support we have been your host i'm sarah i'm kristen and i'm jen bye guys bye, bye. bye.